Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. In the NFL, teams protecting the lead often employ the quote-unquote prevent defense, which is designed to concede short plays but deny the long and explosive touchdowns that don't take much time off the game clock. But John Madden once quipped, quote, the only thing the prevents defense does is prevent you from winning, end quote. As a longtime Minnesota Vikings beat reporter, I watched a lot of prevent defense prevent victories. Well, wrestler Michael D'Agostino can kind of relate. Stay tuned to find out what I mean. Team Snap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. As an all-in-one youth sports management app, Team Snap helps take the stress out of coaching, letting you spend more time with your team and less time organizing. As a coach, I love to track the real-time RSVPs, which lets me prepare for each training session, and I love to post scouting reports and discussion topics. As a parent, I appreciate being able to sync my kids' schedules directly into my calendar and use the Team Chat feature for timely updates on where to meet and park. Download the TeamSnap app in your mobile app store or visit teamsnap.com slash winning for more information. Michael D'Agostino had something to prove at the 2021 NCAA Division I Wrestling Championships. He was an All-American the previous season, but that was based on his final seedings entering the championships, which was canceled due to COVID. But in 2021, in a key match, Michael built a big lead and then stopped being aggressive. Said his coach afterwards, quote, Mike was his own worst enemy. He tried to be too tactical, end quote. Michael was penalized multiple times for stalling in the third and final period, and his opponent was able to tie the match and force an overtime. Michael lost that match 9-7, and he was devastated. In part three, I want you to listen to what Michael learned from that experience and why, looking back, he has no regrets. I'm excited for you to hear part three of my talk with my mentee, Michael D'Agostino, and we're going to start right now. What were some of the keys to somebody who didn't win a state title to all of a sudden competing uh, when you're in the lineup regularly and winning and having success? What were some of the keys to that transition? I think it goes back to like the one thing we were talking about with looking at the rankings. And that was like one of my big flaws was I dig into those too much, look into the brackets. And, And for me, I just, like I said, after my junior year, I stopped looking at rankings. I stopped looking at brackets. And that was the big, big thing for me was I just was worried about what I was doing and I didn't care about who I was wrestling or who they were. And I think that's the biggest thing because sometimes you get wrapped up in your own head and you can become complacent in like what you should do when you shouldn't put a cap on what you're capable of. You should just keep working at it and the results will come. You know what I mean? If you tell yourself, I can only do this or do that, then it's going to be very hard for you to break through to that next level. Tell me about that breakthrough season when you became an All-American for the first time. I mean, that is a huge achievement in your sport. So the first year is kind of kind of a weird one, to be honest, because the first year was right before COVID started. 
I was having a good year. The first year, it was like it was like the Tuesday before nationals, and we were supposed to have nationals in uh, Minneapolis. It was supposed to be at the Viking Stadium. First, like time they were doing it at NFL Stadium in like thirty years or something like that. So, like all these big plans, right? And we get like a notification: no families allowed at the NCAA tournament. And we're like, oh man, because the COVID it just broke out. The COVID started, so we're like, oh, that's not good. And then we get so like no family, no friends. And we're like, whoa, is this going to happen? And then the next day we get an email, like all spring winter sports canceled. And then we're like, oh man. So it's like the season done. And then a couple hours later, we found out the tournament was canceled. So the first time it was based off of seeding is what they decided. So I was one of the top eight seeds and we got to all like that's how they claimed all Americans the first time they've ever done that because in wrestling it usually just comes down to one tournament and that's it so it was I'd say the first one doesn't really I didn't see it as it like counted almost you know what I mean it kind of was like a I really wanted to get it done it felt good I guess to be recognized but I kind of knew everyone would put an asterisk next to it you know like oh it doesn't count especially he could have lost or something so in that way that almost motivated me more that I wanted to get it done and the following year I came up a little short. I lost in the round of 12 at the tournament. The It was the last match to All-American. I lost in overtime, which sucked because I, after the following year, having to just get like that asterisk next to my name, it really upset me. And like I said, and that was where that process of me like losing in the state finals my sophomore year in high school. And I that's where that growing period started where like instead of shelling up and not doing anything, I kept working. And last year, punched through and took fourth at Nash, which was good. And that was that's when it really set in. And it was like a three-year process. I mean, it says two-time All-American, you know, but for me, that's when I really felt it because it was a full tournament. Fans were there. Uh, there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You know, it was that's where I felt, you know, it really set in for me. I saw an article that had quoted your wrestling coach at Northwestern and, and talked about that disappointing season and that match, I think, that you alluded to. If I recall, he said that, you know, you had a lead and then you kind of got too defensive. Was that a hard lesson to learn in such a big match? Yeah, it's definitely one I'll never forget. I'll tell you that. I'll never forget that match. And like I said, sometimes you ask why, you know, like I was torn up about it for a little bit because I was winning. I took a nice lead early. I was winning and and I got hit for stalling twice in like the last two seconds. And they, they gave the kid two points, went into overtime. And I lost in overtime. And, you know, at that point, it's like you obviously look, why would the ref do that? Why would do this? And, you know, looking back at it now, like I said, it could have been the best thing to happen to me. Who knows? Maybe I get that and I come complacent. But I'll know one thing. I Every time that I like have a bad practice or I'm not doing something well, I just think back to that one moment, think about how crappy I felt in that one moment. And it helps me motivate, motiv- motivate myself because I just tell myself, I never want to feel that again. I never want to feel that again. Never want to go back to that moment in my career ever. And it helped. It's, I think it's done more help and justice for me than it has hurt me, to be honest with you, in the long run. And they can't take this away from you, but a two-time All-American in your sport, I mean, there are few titles that are more significant than that. How does that feel? You know, I know you're in a season right now, you're still competing, you've got big tournaments coming up, but to know already that you're a two-time All-American, how does Michael D'Agostino feel about that? Yeah, it's it's 
feels good. Like if I would have asked myself when I was in high school and I couldn't even win a state title yet, I would probably would have maybe doubted myself a little bit. But that's that's what I was saying. Just never put a cap on your goals. It feels good. It's one of my was one of my goals. But now I'm kind of past it. I'm still trying to all American again, obviously. But now it's one step further it's to win a national title is the next goal. You know, it's it's good. It's something I always wanted. But once you have it, you know, you want the next thing. So that's kind of where I'm at now. You know, I, I want to go win a national title. And everyone says it, but I feel like I'm in a position where I can go do it. Just keep working for that. And, and then maybe once I'm done, for sure, I'll enjoy the title a little bit more. But right now, it's kind of just something I don't even look at. I kind of almost feel like go back to a point in time where like I was the last year where I felt really crappy when I lost. I kind of want to feel like that because at that, that, that point in stage, it was a really good spot for me to keep working and motivate myself to go get it. You've got teammates who are all Americans and some who are national champions. What do you think it takes to be such an accomplished athlete and to succeed at the highest levels? I think one thing is just a good environment, like teammate environment. And I think at Northwestern here, we have one of the closer teams. We might be a team of 25 guys, but we're all pretty tight niche. And we've had guys transfer in and other guys who've been around our team. And they say the same thing, like, man, your team's oddly close. Not in a bad way, but they compared to them, like they'll say that like their teams like at another school were like they, they had this little group over here, this group here. Teams like they have 10 guys that hang out together. These five hang out together with us. It's kind of everyone hangs out together. And, you know, when a team gets behind you a little bit, it makes it easier to go out there and compete. And I think if when you have one All-American, you get two and you have two, you can get four. When you get four, you can get eight. And it kind of winning becomes contagious and. I think that's one thing that's kind of happened. And people, when winning becomes contagious in a program, people kind of respect the single a little more. You know, it might just be a single with a name on it, but it kind of puts a little bit of a doubt in their head. Like, oh, I got to wrestle this guy, you know what I mean, from this school. And, you know, that, we're kind of working towards that to get there. We finished sixth last year, trying to get a team trophy this year. So I think the team element of it, it's an individual sport. You're competing for yourself, but the team element of wanting to go win for your guys definitely takes a big part in it. You've done a really good job of this, but how do you balance being a student athlete? Here you are competing at the highest level, but you also have done really well academically. How do you balance those things? First thing is just like setting a schedule, you know, like so you don't forget because you can you, you can forget quick like time frames when something's due, especially when during season. So like setting out like a planner with some like reminders, not leaving anything for the last second. It's been big. Like if I have a five page paper due like on Friday and it's Monday, I've tried to do like a page a day, kind of space it out. Cause we don't really have a bunch of like, I never have like a, not many full days off. You know what I mean? Like even when you have an off day, you got to go see the, like maybe a doctor, you got to go recover. So you never really have a full time span to really do something. So when you have a little bit of a window, work on something small so that you don't feel like it's like falling all on you at once. You know, that's probably the best thing. Setting reminders and doing it little by little. All right. Last two questions that I ask every guest. What's one message you have for kids who would look up to you? My message to any kid looking up to me would be, have fun with it and remember it's a sport and why you started it. A lot of times people get too cooped up in like the now and forget why you started a sport. You know, if you lose, they're not going to chop your hand off. You know what I mean? Like it, you're a person first and there's other things outside of your sport that can make you happy. And 
you should find happiness in something else and not just your sport. Because if your sport's all you got, one day your sport's going to be over and it's going to be really hard uh, pill to swallow once it's done. So find happiness in something that's not just your sport. But where do you find happiness outside of wrestling? For me, I I really enjoy fishing, hanging out with my 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 family, me going me and my mom go shopping a good bit, run errands, so little stuff like that. Little things that kind of get your mind off of your sport. Collecting sports cards is another little side hobby I do. Stuff like right. that, just little stuff that maybe little things you don't even realize going for a drive in your car, but like appreciate the little things, you know. Very nice. And last question for you. What's one message you have for youth sports parents today? Make sure your kids having fun with it. You know, check their like facial expressions and, you know, kind of see what support they may need. You know, if they seem like they're having a bad game or something or had a bad game, maybe don't press them so hard, you know, off the bat with, oh, you should have done this and done that. Maybe just talk about something completely different. You know, because I think that's big, just like they're already sad or did bad. At times of emotional pressure and, and and loss and failure, the worst thing I think people do is they they try to hit the nail on the head right away. And I think that's the worst thing because that's kind of be the worst time to take something in. You know, you just need to let it settle in and then evaluate it a little later. Uh, you see so many coaches and parents like yell at their kid about what they could have done when when it's already over with, and you know, at that point in time, it's like, yeah, it might be the right thing you said, but not the right time. That's really good. I love that wisdom there. Well, Michael, I had a blast talking to you, man. I'm looking forward for uh, this episode coming out and also for our continued friendship and relationship, man. Thank you so much for joining me. Of course. And for having me on, Sean. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any questions or comments, please visit my website, seankjensen.com and go to the contact page. You can even leave me a voice recording. And of course, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap, the go-to must-have app in youth sports. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you again next time.